So in our call to worship, we've already read uh, a good section of our passage, but I'm going to read the first few verses that came prior to that in chapter 2 of Luke's gospel, starting in verse 8, where it says this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. You know, every time I hear that passage read, I think of Linus from Peanuts. Like, I'm pretty sure that was the first time I ever heard that passage read as a, as a person <laughs> on that awesome cartoon. And I always hear his voice in my head as I'm reading it. Shepherds seem so peaceful to us, and sheep too, right? And, and earlier this year, we heard a great sermon about why sheep are, are not so sweet and, and cuddly. And, but shepherds seem so peaceful to us, but... In the culture of Jesus' day, it's difficult to imagine, but they were despised and untrusted. In fact, there was so much mistrust in shepherds because of the reputation they had for, well, first of all, they didn't smell very good, right? And they were out with their flocks, and they would not shower, and they didn't bathe, and that kind of thing. And, but they were also uh, kind of had a reputation for being thieves. And so there was so much, m- much mistrust in them that they weren't able to give testimony in court. And yet, in God's story, these outcasts, these nobodies, are the first people to receive the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ. And that's not what you would expect. Not in our economy. And as we follow along in this passage, we're just going to look at the narrative. We're going to follow the story. And the first thing I want us to see is the glory that happened in this story. So in the same region where Mary was giving birth, there are these shepherds, they're keeping their flocks by night. And I want you in your mind's eye to imagine what it was like, probably cold. We, we actually don't know exactly what time of year it was, but like, let's imagine it was very cold and their shepherds are keeping their flocks by night. And what do shepherds do at night? They're probably around a campfire, maybe singing songs, maybe sharing a drink, whatever. They're, they're there, they're, they're cold, maybe they're asleep. And then all of a sudden, one angel appears, just one at first, and the glory of the Lord shone around him. And God's glory is his weight or his heaviness. It's a concept that's difficult to explain, actually. The word in Hebrew and in Greek means, it means weight, heaviness, pressing down. It's his significance, so it's his, his holiness. It's basically... His character made manifest on earth. Glory. So the angels show up and they reflect glory because they're supernatural beings created by God. And we know that Gabriel stands in God's presence and like Moses radiating God's glory, 
when this angel shows up, the glory of the Lord shone on these shepherds. And the angel says, fear not. And I gotta believe that phrase, fear not, is in the angel training manual because every time an angel shows up, every time in throughout the New Testament, first thing he says is what? Hey, fear not. <laughs> if an angel ever appears to me, I think I need the same instruction, right? You would be terrified. We think of angels in our culture as these like, you know, cherub little babies. They play harps and that kind of thing, and they're cute and cuddly. But angels are warriors, and so when one shows up and they're supernatural beings, they reflect God's glory in such a way that the glory of God radiates on you. So, of course, there's fear, and these shepherds are not fearful men. They live outdoors. They kill animals for their food. They're hunters. They protect sheep. They carry a staff and a bow, and they, they, they're, men, they're manly men. These are not men prone to fear. They protect their sheep against all kinds of predators. But the glory of the Lord shows up. And we could do a whole sermon on the fear of the Lord and how important that is. And, and the Bible says in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And not fear like cowering. God wants us in a position of always cowering before him, but respect and awe at his glory. And that he is God. And that we are not God. We have long forgotten as a people in our day and age the distinction between creator and and creature. <laughs> we think we're God and write it, try to reinterpret everything through that lens, but we are not. The glory, the glory, and then the gospel. In verses 10 through 12, it says this, the angel of the Lord said to them, fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who's Christ the Lord. We unpacked that last week, what all that meant. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So after trying to assuage their fear, I would imagine it didn't work super well. <laughs> Can you imagine how freaked out you would be and an angel showing up at your little campsite? And he then gives this gospel Good news of great joy. That word good news, if you've attended here for very long at all, you know means gospel. That's, a, that's what the word gospel means. Good news of what, he says. Great joy. The gospel, friends, is good news of great joy. And we need to hear this profoundly right now. How is your heart right this minute, in this hour, in this time after all we've gone through, cultural upheaval, distrust, everything feels like it's up in the air. Where do you turn? Global pandemic, online craziness. People that you thought you understood where they were coming from you're so confused by, in every direction. And the gospel comes along today for us 
Would you receive the same message as if you're one of these shepherds sitting there hearing it from the angel himself? I have good news of great joy for you. How desperately we need to hear this. Yesterday, I'm at Guitar Center. I, I've shared with you many times, like, I'm a would-be guitarist. My poor family has to endure very loud electric guitar playing, especially during quarantine, because I have a little more time on my hands, you know, during all this time. And so I've, I've bought pedals for my electric guitar. I've got a new pedal board that I've, like, put all together. I'm watching YouTube videos about pedal boards when I'm not, like, playing my guitar. It's, like, all guitar all the time. And then when stores opened up again, I started going to Guitar Center. So much so <laughs> that they know me by first name. When I walk in, it's like a Cheers episode. Norm! Like, I walk in, they're like, Scott! I'm not kidding. Two of the guys that work there and I are on a first name basis. So I'm there yesterday again. <laughs> to buy something very inexpensive, honey. I promise you. Like a, it's a $13 cable, that's it. And so I go. As I'm waiting in line to get my cable, um, there's a guy behind me who is not wearing a mask and he's doing this, right? And the manager, because it's their rule, you have to have a mask and you can buy anything you want and they'll bring it out to you. If you don't want to wear a mask, you can you know, meet him outside and they'll bring it out to you. And this guy's doing one of these. And they say, sir, I'm so sorry, uh, we have a mask for you. And he goes, oh, I've got a mask. <laughs> like that, you know. And he's making a thing of it, and, and you could feel his anger. You could feel his rage, which he's bringing into the room. He knows. Now listen, let me stop for a second. Just so you don't, like, get all political on me about this story, okay? I hate masks. I don't like looking at your face with mask. I want to see your face. I want to see the visage that God created. I want to see your face. I don't like wearing them. It was great losing my sense of smell for a moment because I couldn't smell my nasty breath in my mask when I had COVID. It's back, unfortunately. I don't like looking at my wife in a mask. I don't like it at all. I don't like that poor doctors have to wear masks during non-COVID times during the day. I'm so sorry you have to do that. I mean, it stinks. I can't wait for the day to return that we don't have to do this. But I also believe this is a real deal and that masks are pretty important. But I get if you don't agree with it, that's fine. But this guy's armed for bear. Maybe you're one of these people. I think you need to hear this then. If you're going out into society, going into the store where you know they require it, and you're just gearing up for the fight, I wanted to go up to this guy, right? And as he's, he is gearing up for the fight, and they de-escalated. And I've seen them literally remove people out the door in previous times. Like, so I think they've chilled out, and they're like, eh, it's not worth it. And this guy was big, too. <laughs> and I'm kind of going, what's going on? Do I get my phone ready? You know, like, this is going to go down. But part of me, as I, he's right behind me, and he's standing like this, oh, I got a mask. And he doesn't budge. He doesn't put it on. I just wanted to go up and just give him a big hug and go, I have good news of great joy for you, for in this area, in the city of David, was born a Savior. You don't have to live like this, man. No matter what your theory is on mask or whether this is real or a hoax or not, good news of great joy. You don't have to be bitter. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to be fearful because Jesus Christ was born. Amen? 
<laughs> and the 10 people that were here clapped. <laughs> it's the gospel. God broke into human history. God could have said, I'm going to send these people to hell because that's what they deserve. And that is what we deserve. God could have said, I'm going to give you over to your evil desires and I'm not going to show you mercy. But he couldn't do that because God is not only just, he's also loving. Altogether loving and altogether just. And so out of that reality of the fact that he is 100% love and 100% truth, he sends his own son, his flesh and blood, into the world to be a savior, Christ the Lord. And he shares it with lowly, blue-collar, mistrusted shepherds. Good news of great joy. In Luke 5, it says this, verses 30 through 32. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at his disciples. And that word grumbled is one of the funniest words in the New Testament, and it's throughout it. Whenever it talks about the Pharisees, they're just grumbling, and it's kind of an onomatopoeia, right? It sounds like what it is, grumble, grumble, grumble. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know why? The righteous won't come. Because they're not actually righteous, they're only self-righteous. That's what he means. But sinners who are humbled by their sin repent. And the birth of the Savior is good news of great joy for anyone who will repent. Sinners who are willing to admit their need of a Savior Patients who say, I'm dying. I have a disease that will kill me without a salvation. I need what God has in Jesus Christ. And for you, I just want you to meditate on this today as as I did a little bit this week, and I'm probably gonna lose it as I unpack it, but what in your life would bring great joy in your heart if it came to pass? To you, if it finally happened, that thing that you begged God for, good news of great joy. When something that you need desperately, you're desperate, you'll do anything to get it. And then God provides it. It's good news of great joy. And that's what the gospel is. But I want you to think about it and to apply it to your life in such a way that what is that thing that if God did for you right now in your life? A lost child is found. Literally, of course, perhaps if you had a lost child, but spiritually, emotionally, that child that has wandered far from the faith, far from home, far from God, far from you. If that child is found... What good news of great joy. Someone diagnosed with cancer and instead of being told you'll die from this, instead saying you're in remission. That tumor, it's, it's benign. It's not malignant. 
That's good news of great joy. A loved one returning from home after being deployed. I am such a sucker <laughs> for those videos where the guy or the lady comes home from war, you know, and the kids and the cafeteria waiting with mom or whatever, and then the dad shows up or the mom, and then the kid loses it, or the dog. I saw one of a, a German shepherd that lost its mind when its owner came home from war. It, I love that video one because I just love dogs so much. But like, I love that it's just this dog is going, this is good news of great joy. My owner's home. He who was gone is with me. That is the gospel. One of my favorite Christmas hymns is O Holy Night. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. I, we just don't write songs like this anymore. Listen to the beauty of that poetry. Long lay the world in sin and error, pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. O oh, night divine, when Christ was born. The thrill of hope. Do you have any thrill of hope left in you? Are you just angry? And bitter, people taking away your freedoms, sick of this virus, this and that, the government, the election, the people, the riots, everything. Is it just overtaking your heart and your soul? I plead with you. Keep your heart soft because there is good news of great joy. Jesus is better than all of this. No matter where you land on any of this, to the left or the right, Jesus is better. He is the Savior, the King, the Lord. He is good news of great joy. Don't give your heart over to any extreme. He's good news of great joy. Let him be your extreme. The gospel and now the choir. Luke 2. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of angels, the heavenly host, praising God. I always think they sing. I don't know why. It's, it doesn't say that they sang, but in my mind they sing this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's well pleased. In Colossians 1 it says this, For by him all things were created, in verses 16 through 17, for by him, Jesus Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities or all things were created through him and by him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. The entire universe, they knew nothing about it back then and just thought probably that just the moon and the stars and everything right in front of our face around our planet is all that is. They had no idea, Paul had no idea what all this meant when he wrote that, but the entire universe <laughs> was created by Jesus Christ, for Jesus Christ, and it's sustained by him, even to this day. And yet, he is born in a manger, in swaddling clothes, he's vulnerable, he is a baby, he's an infant, the one who created the universe is an infant child who makes himself vulnerable even unto death. 
And out of that, these lowly and humble shepherds receive a choir of angels. One angel shows up, you're scared to death, a choir of angels, a whole host fills the sky. Can you imagine what is going down? This is the coolest thing that's maybe ever happened to anybody. This is so amazing. A whole choir of angels shows up to these poor, lowly shepherds that nobody trusts. And why God chose them, I don't know. It might have been like, let's, there's some dudes down there right by the manger. Let's go just mess with these guys. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace with whom he is pleased. God sent his son not to judge the world, although he would have been right to do so, but God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Peace on earth with whom he's pleased. And now the response. The choir, the response. Luke says that these shepherds they go right away to Mary and the baby. They make haste. And it made me think, you know, when God's story intersects with your story, there's a hastening to do his will. They, they want to respond because God showed up. His angels showed up. His word showed up. It all, I mean, obviously, if you had a, a whole choir of angels show up, you would go do, you would act on that information but when God comes into your life there's a hastening there's a quickening to say I want to do your will not my will has God shown you something that needs to change in your life a place where you need to believe him a friend that you need to forgive a relationship that needs restoration part of his word that you know you're just rebelling against as Jesus comes into your life, as God's word comes into your life, friends, let us hasten to go about his will with humility. When you sense that God is telling you something, there's a holy hurry that's healthy, not a stressed out response, but a quick attention to the things God might be addressing. They immediately went and shared with Mary and Joseph and anybody else that was there what they had experienced. They went public. They shared. And it says they went on and, and continued to share this. Like, when God shows up in your life, there's a hurry to do his will, but there's also a sense in which you want to share that. You're willing to go public with the reality of what you've experienced. When God really is that, and I get it's weird. No, nobody wants to speak up for anything during this day you, without getting shot down. So to give testimony to your faith in Jesus Christ to someone you know seems like a scary proposition these days. But when God is actually in your life, you can't help share the good news of the gospel. And I want you to think about this. Of course, they're sharing with Mary. That's, that's an easy person to share with. But they don't have all the answers. They, don't have, uh, they just have their experience, and that's what they share. And I love that it says that Mary treasured all of these things in her heart. And then they worship. They hurry, they share, and they worship. Verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as had been told to them. Mary treasured it up in her heart 
And they couldn't help but worship the Lord in light of what they'd experienced. Another great Christmas hymn, O come all ye faithful. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Come, let us adore him. Who was it that came? It was these blue-collar workers, shepherds, fishermen, the irreligious, not the righteous. The righteous had no need of him because they're self-righteous. Sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, the irreligious, they were the ones that came to Jesus. The humbled. Who was it that generally rejected Jesus? Not all, but often. Pastors, priests, religious people, the proud, the self-triumphant, the righteous, the self-righteous. So the core of the gospel is good news, and it's not come if you're faithful. Oh, come all you faithful. It's come and adore him, and as you adore him, you will become faithful. The more you adore Jesus, the more you fall in love with him and savor the goodness of how much he's loved you and forgiven you, redeemed you, well, that changes you. It makes you a faithful person. Adore, to love intensely and deeply and to worship. When you love God with a deep, heartfelt intensity, when you worship God from your heart and soul, you become faithful, you become joyful, you become triumphant. But we get that because of the goodness of God and his grace. Why? How does that happen? And this is the last thing. Friends, we're shaped by what we worship. We are created in the image more and more and more the objects which we worship. So when you worship idols, false gods, and I, I doubt very many of you have literal false gods in your house, right, where you build a little statue. Perhaps if you're from a different culture, you might. But most of you probably not. And, and yet, we all have idols that we bow down to. And those idols, you become like those idols. So if you're a materialist and you worship material things, you're gonna become like, you're gonna become like materialist society. Consumeristic, transactional. If you worship sex, you're going to objectify human beings created in God's image, and you're going to bow to that. It's going to shape you. It's going to morph you into a certain kind of person. If you worship your own power, you're going to become a narcissist. You're not going to care about anybody except yourself, your own advancement. You must succeed. You must gain. And it doesn't matter what happens to other people. We've seen this year what it looks like to worship politics and the way that distorts you and changes you and turns you into a people of the lie, regardless of either side. We've seen it. But when you worship Christ the Lord, you become faithful. Never perfect, but it, Christ is the Lord. He's the only one worthy of our worship. And if 2020 has taught us anything, I hope what we've learned is this, that all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Christ alone is the rock upon which you can build your life. Everything 
else, friends, is sinking sand. Jesus is the rock. And he came to us in such humble way to such humble people. Let us turn our hearts to Christ, the rock of our salvation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you for Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the rock of our salvation, the only foundation that we can turn to, but who came to us in such a humble way, Lord. We're grateful. And Lord, I pray that we would receive this good news of great joy today. May may we turn our hearts to this good news of great joy. To speak to our hearts about what good news we've received, what great joy. May May we enter that with hope, with love, And may your power rest upon us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.